the terrifying moment a Russian missile strikes, captured in video circulating online. The target? President Zelensky's hometown. But this wasn't a military site, it was innocent families at home when a missile tore a hole through their apartment block. At least six people were killed in the attack, including a 10-year-old girl and at least 75 injured. The Russian Defense Minister making it clear it's increasing attacks in response to a dramatic drone strike in Moscow Sunday, hitting a building housing government offices. So the Ukrainians hit some government offices in Moscow. Putin hits back at Zelensky's hometown with just residential apartment buildings killing people and says, states it out loud. Yeah, this is retaliation for, do, for doing that. Let's get an update on Ukraine, that situation, and everything else going on with it. military analyst Mike Lyons, who served the United States military in a variety of capacities through the years and is now a respected military analyst for CNN, among other places. Hello, Mike. How are you? Uh, good morning, guys. Great to be back with you. That back and forth aside, saw you on CNN the other day talking about the counteroffensive and how it's showing some signs of life and maybe they found a weak spot in the Russian line. What's that story all about? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think there's a little kink in the armor here of the Russians of this long Maginot line they've created on this front here, 800 kilometers. And uh, for Ukraine to break through, they have to concentrate their forces. And it appears so far that they've they've gotten through like the first level of what are two more defensive lines that they have to get through um, these uh, minefields mine, uh, mine as well as trenches. Uh, and, and by taking these two towns, Robiensk is one of them, I know that uh, off of Zaporizhia within that oblast, they, they now can create a shock effect and try to break through and, you know, get to the Sea of Azov and, and you know, separate this. The southern theater, for example, separate Russian troops that are that it would be to their west, get them to surrender, and now they threaten Crimea. So they they appear to be breaking through here. Um, we still don't know whether or not that they've made any more progress. From what I've read now, they've seen to be somewhat stalled. But if they can hold off another 30 days when Abrams tanks arrive and other combat equipment arrives, um, they might have a chance. Mike, as non-experts, we've been somewhat surprised at how effective the mining of uh, landscape has been in, in holding the Ukrainian counteroffensive back. What's the state of the art in, in mine clearing equipment technology? It's difficult. Um, there's a couple of things. There's something called a miklik that allows you to fire like a, a pressurized charge over an area. So let's think about it like as a missile that blows up that 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 the mines then are blown up because they they become pressurized and and they they simulate a vehicle running over them but what the russians have done they've stacked mines two and three deep in some areas here so that miklik that that mine clearing technology is not going to work so the second part to that is uh things that, that that fit in front mine clearing tanks that go in front of the infantry and, and are way out front that look to kind of scoop them up and push them forward so they don't clear the tracks, they don't make any kind of damage that way. That way is a much slower, they don't get the same kind of progress there. The Ukraine military needs more of that kind of equipment. Uh, they'll use the Miklits, they'll use those mine-clearing charges to, in some level, but the, what, what's going to really help them is both the, the, the mine-clearing equipment in front of tanks as well as bridging equipment, because the, the second thing you could do is put a bridge over it uh, and use that as a way to get through a minefield as well. On that other thing you were talking about, uh, cutting the Russian forces in two, I was, was watching you on TV, and you you had the arrows and the map and everything like that, uh, and I was trying to picture, like, how many Russian forces would they 
be able to put in a position of having to surrender? How many thousands are we talking about, or is it thousands? Yeah, pro- yeah, probably thirty, twenty to thirty thousand. Wow, that are along that. Yeah, no, it would be huge, and it's something I'm sure that that you know the, the Ukraine's not talking about it because that's how many troops are in that area defending because Crimea is so important to them. Um, and so they, they, when the dam was blown a few weeks ago, that, that kind of moved that line up further, let's say east, right, up, up the, the Dnepro River in a certain way, uh, because the quickest way would have been to just ford the river there and go right for Crimea there. But now they've kind of moved it up, and so now they've trapped potentially more Russians on the other side of that, uh, of that uh, the salient there. So, again, if they, can, if they can break through and create this boundary, uh, the, the race is on to the Sea of Azov, is what, is what I was saying yesterday, because if they can do that and create that kind of spot, they, they turn their weapons now to the West, and they've got 30,000 Russian troops that they can easily take out or make them surrender. Mike, what do you hear about when various weapons and weapon systems might be brought to bear from tanks to F-16s? So that's the issue, because the tanks won't get there until September. There's still going to have to be some training on them. They'll make an impact when they get to the battlefield. Um, but they also, the Ukrainians still have got to fight combined arms. They're still fighting very serially. You saw the video the other day of a, a BMP or, or an infantry fighting vehicle going into a, a, tr- a trench and then exposing its entire bottom half and then coming back out. They've got to fight combined arms. They've got to bring an engineer with them at the same time. They've got to be shooting artillery. That, that's what's confusing me right now is I don't see the Russian artillery firing up that first defensive minefield. So minefield is only good if it's covered up. Uh, so, again, it's going to be a couple of months before the tanks get there. I don't see the F-16s getting there for nine or ten months. I mean, that's going to be almost a year. And the F-16s that are going are, you know, 20 years old, don't have the same technology. I, the war could be over by then if, if uh, you know, the Ukrainians kind of play this right. I know you've been studying this kind of stuff your whole life, so you'd be a good guy to ask. Just reading military history myself, whether it's battles in the Civil War or World War II or whatever, and and and, and watching mm-hmm. in, in modern times, how often do plans ever work out? It seems like it's just constant, like throwing the plan out the window, improvising, improvising after you know mm-hmm. it's the you know the other side gets a say sort of deal where you have a plan, but sure. they get to react a certain way. Is it is it as much improv yeah. improv improvising as it looks like? It is, and it's about uh, tactical improvisation, improvisation of you know whether something happens, something tactically, like you get you know get a chemical attack or something we call it getting slimed, let's say. But when you think about it, in the grand scheme, you know the D-Day invasion was a plan that went off very well. That if that had failed, you know the world's a different place today. But in the same token, Operation Market Garden doesn't work. Uh, you know we didn't get the three bridges there. That that counteroffensive did not work, and that set us back a few months. And then. On the other side of the coin, the uh, the German, you know, the Battle of the Bulls, their counteroffensive into Belgium in World War II doesn't work, but the U.S. and Allied counteroffensive back and ends up working. So I think you got to look at strategy versus tactics, right? Strategically, what Ukraine has to do is cut Russian forces in half. And so where do they cut them in half? That's a tactical decision. Um, and if they can pick the right spot and get through it, they, they might be able to be more successful. Jack, before I make a transition, do you have another Ukraine uh, matter? Okay, we're talking to military analyst uh, Mike Lyons. And Mike, a quick personal note, and then on to my question. Uh, I was uh, privileged and moved uh, not long ago to attend my brother's uh, retirement ceremony from the United States Navy after 29 and a half years in the submarine service. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it was an amazing ceremony, incredibly moving, dignified. Okay. And in talking to both my brother and a number of his recently retired and soon to retire uh, comrades, 
the uh, the brilliance, expertise, discipline, and patriotism among the, these men was stunning to behold. And and I, I'm not sure America understands the incredible asset that we have. Um, having said that, our recruiting numbers are terrible. What do we mm-hmm. as a country need to do um, to to prevent that literally existential threat from getting any worse? Yeah, I think we have to get more into high schools. We have to get, you know, the Navy, I know in particular, is trying to, you know, reach out more. The Army recruiting numbers are down. Um, you're seeing, unfortunately, less family members go in. My son's in the Navy right now. Um, so it's not become the family business it once was. There was a tremendous amount of veterans and their, their offspring went into the service. Uh, great question. We've got to keep the bar high, though. I don't want to lower the bar just to, just to make a number. Um, there's lots of things we can do there. But there's tremendous opportunity that the military still does provide. Um, and, if, and, again, it's just a matter of communication and, 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 and kind of caring through all the stuff about the military being woke. It's not. You go to, you go to that ship. You go to that sub. You go to a battleship. Uh, you'll see it's a, it's a team. What you learn, the life skills you learn on that at a very early age will, will, will carry you for the rest of your life. I think it would certainly help, too, if uh, most of our media wasn't cynical at best about military service. Mm-hmm. But uh, conversation for another yeah. day. Uh, military analyst Mike Lyons. Look for him on CNN. Listen for him here and elsewhere. Uh, Mike, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.